When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fresh off of wedding planning and back in the <laughs> studio with the big fella, Chris Carlin. I'm Chris Canny. We are Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the CC Carlin line. That's 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. And big fella, we got the NBA Finals tip it off on Thursday. The Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics, and let's face it, This is the finals that we all wanted to see. Once we got to the conference finals between the four teams, this was the matchup that we wanted. Nobody wanted Mavs Heat. Nobody wanted Heat Warriors. Nobody wanted Celtics Mavs. We wanted Celtics Warriors, and we finally got it. And the storylines are aplenty in this series. Steph Curry, where does he fit in the pantheon of greatest players of all time? Is he the greatest point guard of all time? Can he finally crack into that top 10? Can he get a finals MVP? Can he get his fourth championship ring? And with Jason Tatum, now that he's in club superstar, can he get into that VIP section of club superstar with winning a championship and winning a finals MVP? I think if Tatum actually wins a championship, he's also in the conversation for best player alive. But I don't want to go too far on a tangent because when we start looking at this series and all of the different aspects of it that fascinate us, one of the ones that we got to talk about is who the actual fan favorite in this series should be. And it has been the Golden State Warriors. This is their sixth NBA Finals in the last eight years, and they do have one of the most likable players in Steph Curry. But the upstart Boston Celtics with young superstar Jason Tatum, who just turned 24, is pretty attractive as well. So what say you when it comes to who the favorite from the fan perspective should be in this year's NBA Finals? There's always been a lot of hatred for the Celtics, no matter who was on the team. There's no question to me that the Golden State Warriors are the easiest dynasty to root for ever. Mm. Because when teams win one, then two championships, outside of their own fan base, the people who are the peripheral fans start to get a little sick of them. They want to start to see somebody else. They don't really hang in with a team that's a dynasty because it starts to really be uninteresting to root for greatness to continue. And that's crazy to say, right? But there were people for so many years who hated Tiger Woods. There were so many more who absolutely loved him, and more than anything, he drew their attention. The Warriors are a team that nobody seems to hate. Because they have an innate likability about them. Whether it's Curry, whether it's Clay Thompson, who is a great story right now yep. with coming back from his injuries. You know, Draymond is the guy that wears the black hat on the team if there is somebody that is the villain role for the Warriors. But is he really a villain? Exactly. Though? That's the thing. Like, he just he signed a huge deal is. with Turner. He, is he a villain? People like that Draymond is what he is. Yes. Like, they don't. They don't hate Draymond like they would have hated Dennis Rodman. It's not the same thing. That's my point. He's a likable villain in some ways, and he can get under your skin. And then you have guys like Andrew Wiggins, who's a former number one pick, who is now, 
I think, finally rounding into the player that he's capable of being. Jordan Poole, you have Kevin, uh, Kevon Looney. You have so many of these guys on this very deep team that are just likable in most ways. That's why, to me, they are a fan favorite going into the finals. There are people that hate the Celtics no matter who's wearing the uniform. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I don't with know you anybody like that with the Warriors. No, I'm with you on that one. And and I got to be honest, Carlin, when it comes to watching these two teams play, the style of play, it's much more exciting to watch what Golden State does. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's perpetual motion when it comes to their offense. They, I mean, they move the basketball. They have these amazing shots. And then just when you think that they're falling in love with the three-point line, They break you down off the bounce and they get to the rim and you see these spectacular finishes. Look no further than what we saw from Andrew Wiggins when he put Luka Doncic on a poster in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, those are all the elements that are exciting about watching Golden State play. It's it's one of those things where we know that they're a dominant team, but they can play different ways. They can beat you. They can dominate you in different aspects of the game. And you're tuning in just to watch how they do it. And certainly when it comes to this NBA Finals, we know that they're going up against a worthy opponent in the Boston Celtics who defend better than any other team in the NBA. They got the defensive rating to prove it. Watching an all-time great offense like Golden State, a team that has revolutionized how the NBA plays on the offensive end, go up against a throwback-style defense and what Ime Adoka and the Boston Celtics are bringing to the table. I think it's absolutely fascinating to watch. But in that in that back and forth or in that, I, I guess, in that game, that competition, people are always going to side with the team that's more explosive on offense than the team that's a lockdown defense. It, it, across all Do you sports, think just because that's it's more people, fun to watch? People are, people are more excited about watching offense than they are about watching yes. defense. And I think that's, that's what this will come down to and why a lot of people will side with the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are the betting favorite. Now, we just so happen to think that the public is right when it comes down to who should be the favorite. But when we start to break down the psychology of it and why, I think it's because when you watch the Golden State Warriors play, when you watch Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, you might see something that you've never seen before on a basketball court. You might see a shot that you've never seen before on a basketball court. That is exciting to watch. There is... Really nothing exciting about what the Boston Celtics do. It's very workmanlike in that way. You do have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that bring a little bit of sizzle. But overall, this is about a team that that has the toughness and the grit, and they're just going to outwork you, especially on the defensive end. That's where their bread is buttered. So I think when it comes down to what people are going to be interested in seeing, they're going to be far more fascinated with what Golden State can do offensively than what Boston does defensively. Here's what worries about me about the Celtics. Let me ask you a question. Does the fact that the last series went seven for you, did it have more to do with what the Miami Heat did or what what the Boston Celtics didn't do? Oh, it had more to do with what the Boston Celtics didn't do. Exactly. They never took this one high. I don't want to use the word seriously, but they didn't play at the urgency level throughout the series that they needed to, and that's very, very bothersome to me. The fact that that series took as long as it did is on Boston. Again, we're not knocking you Heat fans, but, you know, enjoy your offseason. This was as good as 
the Heat did in taking advantage of situations, it goes down to the last few minutes of the game for Pete's sake when they felt like they were in cruise control to close that series out and the Heat gave them a push. Here's the point. The Heat, or rather the Celtics, with that, it doesn't wash at all in this series. They're less talented than the Warriors. Just as I said about the Heat and the Celtics, I don't think the Celtics are going to put up a great fight. I'll mm. say I'll say six games to be generous. Wow. To be generous. You don't believe that, though. I know. You, you think this could be a gentleman's sweep? Oh, it easily could be. Wow. But I, I don't love the intensity level that the Celtics play with consistently based on this past series. I really don't. Yeah, they should have slammed the door shut when it came to the Miami Heat. After game five, game six should have been a fait accompli that they were going to win the conference finals. The fact that they didn't close the door, the fact that they almost blew, what, a 13-point lead with less than five minutes to go? That gives you cause for pause as to their ability to be able to put away a team that's won three championships with this core of players. For as much as we have lauded them about being an, ev- an elite-level defensive team, they haven't done it all the time. If you, need to, if you are an elite-level team in everything that you do, you do that all the time if that's what your calling card is. You do it all the time. And yeah. they, they did. And, 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 and that's also an attribute that they've been trying to figure out with this team. That's a characteristic. The Boston Celtics have not been good in close games throughout the entirety of this season. So that's something that they got to get fixed. Coming up next, what else did we learn about the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors in the conference finals that's going to show up in the NBA finals? Carlin and I will tell you. You're listening to ESPN Radio back after this. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA Finals are on ESPN Radio. Tune in for Game 1 on Thursday as the Warriors host the Celtics. Presented by Indeed, coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. And, big fella, we spent a lot of time talking about the Warriors earlier on in the show, and we got to give the requisite respect and love to the Boston Celtics because we are talking about a team that went through the gauntlet in the Eastern Conference in order to get here. They swept KD, Kyrie, and the Brooklyn Nets in round one. They dispatched of the Milwaukee Bucks in a seven-game knockdown dragout series. Uh, and then you're talking about in the Eastern Conference Finals beating the number one seed in the Miami Heat in order to advance to the NBA Finals. So an impressive run by Boston, no doubt. A lot of love has been going to Jason Tatum's way, and deservedly so. 
but two other figures for the Boston Celtics that deserve a lot of credit for them being in this position, Jalen Brown and Ime Adoka, their rookie head coach, because Ime has done what Brad Stevens failed to do, which was get this team to the NBA Finals with all the resources and all the young talent that he had. Ime Adoka was the one that unlocked Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, allowed those guys to coexist, to play together, and Marcus Smart being the point guard for that team. They figured it out in the middle of the season where they were drawn dead, 23-25 and at one point, and were able to get this thing turned around to get to the NBA Finals. Says a lot about Ime Adoka, his fortitude in order to get this team to this position, but also for Jalen Brown to accept the role that he's been cast in in order for his team to be successful. Well, what I love about Adoka is that you have a guy that was immediately respected when he walked in the door, and how you can tell that that was the case is, you know, they play the Nets in that first round, and you see Durant and you see Kyrie with the kind of response they had toward Udoka after the series was over and how much they just loved him and felt good for him, even though they were going down. And then you see how he is with this team during timeouts, how they respond to him, how he gets on them, really gets on yeah, them more does. than any NBA coach I can remember in recent memory, except for maybe Pop, where he's very comfortable doing that and he's a first-year head coach. Think about that for a second. Usually, those are the head coaches that we talk about reading stories where they are in over their head, mm-hmm. don't know what they're doing. Players start to grumble. Like, you didn't see any of that with Udoka. So, I, I just think the level in the NBA, it's all about how the player is going to respect and or respond to the head coach. And, and that's been amazing. As far as Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown is the best player that nobody talks about in this league and especially in this series. My biggest question about Jalen Brown coming into the postseason is, all right, is this guy a legitimate number two with as much talk as there was about whether or not he and Tatum could play together? He's all that and then some. And he just, Chris, I don't know how he can put up the numbers that he does in some of these games, yet still manages to fly under the radar. It's still Tatum that is getting the majority of the attention in all of this. And that, to me, speaks volumes about Brown being a perfect number two guy. We have seen him establish himself in that in that way this, this postseason. No doubt about it. I mean, you're talking about a guy that dropped a 40-piece nugget in the conference final. Without blinking, by With, the way. Without blinking. So, I mean, I mean, Jason Tatum had 175 total points in the series against the Heat. Jalen Brown had 169. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not that Chris, far off. So Chris, like, when, just, you, when you put up those numbers, we know that there are some guys, like, in that game, we know what they're doing, and they're putting up that those numbers. With, Jason, with Jalen Brown, it feels like sometimes he puts up those numbers, and you're like, you look up, and you see he's got 36. And you're like, what? What happened here? He is the guy that is making it go when, in other places, it's not all going. No like, doubt no doubt about it, and especially in transition, and that's where he does a lot of damage being able to get to the rim. But then also Jalen Brown can knock down shots from the perimeter, so in terms of being able to space the floor, he's a viable threat. The other thing that we, we got to acknowledge with Jalen Brown is his defensive prowess. Oh, absolutely. We got to give him a lot of credit for that. I mean, that's something that's going to show up in the NBA Finals. Being able to run him at those perimeter players, those shooters for the Golden State Warriors, will absolutely be a factor in this series. So that's something that I have to look for, something that we have to watch. 
But one of the other things that we have to watch is the chess match that's going to take place between Ime Odoka and Steve Kerr. You're talking about two former players in this league that have a bank full of respect from everybody around the league and guys that understand their team and understand how to scheme around their strengths and to scheme to exploit the deficiencies of the opponent. I think that's one of the things that we've learned from EMA Adoka throughout the course of this postseason, and that's one of those things that we've lauded Steve Kerr for being able to do early on, since early on in his tenure as Golden State's head coach. So being able to see that matchup between the two coaches that will roam the sidelines, I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. I agree. I think Udoka will be good. I think Kerr will be better. But Kerr's got the better team. Yeah, he's, he's Kerr's got, got the better team. No, he's got the better team. But I also, I also think just the experience from Kerr is is going to help him out in this spot. Well, let's let's, let's hear from Ime Udoka and what he has to say about his team being able to get to this point. Take a listen. It would be all for naught if we go lay an egg in the finals, and we understand that. Um, you know, guys were quick to celebrate, but quick to flip the page and say, you know, we got four more. We don't hang or celebrate Eastern Conference championships in the Celtic organization. So we all fall in line and, and, and appreciate that that standard of excellence. And so, playing for championships, we're here now, uh, trying to finish the deal. Yeah, they're trying to finish the deal, and good for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum finally being able to get over the hump. You know, they've gone to two conference finals together now three conference finals, finally being able to get to the NBA finals. Unfortunately for them, Carlin, I think this is where the buck stops. I I think this is going to be a wrap because they're going up against a different animal in the Golden State Warriors, and that's just what it is. Coming up next, we got three shots at Hembo, NBA Finals edition. Of course, for those of you that are unfamiliar with three shots at Hembo, this is for Paul Hembakides, the content creator for Get Up and for Greeny. He is going to be playing a little bit of trivia with the listeners that call in. So hit us up on the CC call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776 for your shot to stump Hembo. Take the the challenge. Hembo is going to be firing questions at you. Make it happen, and you're going to win a prize that is yet to be identified because it's never been given out. But because maybe, nobody can stop him. Exactly. He's just so, that. He's just that good. Why don't you just step up and show up and start dialing? I don't think it's. <laughs> I mean, what are you? What are you waiting for? Let's go. Light up the phone lines. Triple eight say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six for three shots at Hembo. That's coming up next. But first, a word from Indeed. If the summer heat is making you sweat, your staffing plan indeed makes hiring feel like a breath of fresh air. Their hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. And you can even schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Three shots at Hempo coming up next on Candy and Carlin ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And big fella, without further ado, we have to bring in Paul Hembakides. You know him as Hembo, content producer for Get Up and Greeny here on ESPN Radio. And it's three chances at Hembo, NBA Finals Trivia Edition. And Hembo, before we get to the callers and them taking their chances on your trivia questions, we got a question, your take earlier on Get Up and on Greeny. When you said Jimmy Butler deserved to be Eastern Conference Finals MVP, help us out with that one. Break it down. Yeah, so to me, it's a very easy argument. Jimmy Butler was inarguably the most valuable player in the Eastern Conference Finals, despite having almost no help from his supporting cast. He wound up turning that series into effectively a coin flip. He scored 35 points in three different games against what we all believe to be one of the best defenses that the league has seen in years. Just like Jerry West won the NBA Finals in 1969 in a losing cause, just like I think LeBron James deserved to win NBA Finals in 2015, in a losing cause, I believe that Jimmy Butler deserved to win MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals for the same reason. Here's, here's where you lose me, Hembo. How can you say he was overwhelmingly the best player in the series when he had games three and four where he scored eight points and six points respectively? I, I'm just saying when we start talking about the series, we are talking about seven games, not five. It is true. I am willing to concede that he did not play anywhere near his best for the entirety of the series, it is just my opinion that the fact that Jimmy Butler had a shot in the air to take the lead in a game seven, given the collection of players around him, to me was a ridiculous accomplishment. And so he would have been my pick as such. Did Jason Tatum play a more complete series? He did. He played more consistently as well. But to me, Jimmy Butler putting his team in that position would have gotten my nod instead. I, I understand that, but, you know, Shooting 10 for 40 in three straight games, eh, maybe not. Ah, there you go. All right, fair <laughs> enough, Hembo. We're going to leave it at that. And we got to get to three chances at Hembo. Again, the, the line to call in and get involved is 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And we're going to kick it off with Anthony in Texas. Anthony, go. Or hey, Hembo. What's, what's going Anthony. on? Here's, here's Hembo Anthony. ready to tee it up. Let's go. Anthony, this is your easy question, my friend. Which two NBA franchises have each won 17 championships? Lakers and the Celtics. There we go. Very easy. There we go. Very question well number Question number two, right, Hemo? Yes, that's correct. Your medium question is this, my friend. Which player that ranks third on the NBA's all-time scoring list never won? A championship. Carl Which Malone. player that ranks third all-time in scoring? That is correct. Carl Malone. There we go. Oh. Anthony, pushing it to the wire. Okay. We're down to the third question, All right. Hembo. All right. So I feel threatened. So your hard question is this. Which player owns the highest career scoring average in NBA Finals history? Most points per game in the history of the NBA Finals. It's Michael Jordan. Oh, oh, Anthony was right there. <laughs> he was right there. Sneaky Hembo. Sneaky. Does it Michael again. Jordan. Hembo. 
is second all-time. Rick Barry, the tricky answer to the highest career scoring Ooh. average in NBA Finals history. Thanks for playing, Anthony. Let me tell you what just happened. Hembo served you up the old screw job. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He <laughs> teed up the first two questions. They were a little, uh, yeah. not, not on the hard side, and then he gave you the curveball. All right. Hell no. Let's go to Laverne in Chicago. Laverne, you're on ESPN Radio. Three chances at Hembo. Hembo, go. Laverne, your easy question is this. Which player won five championships with the San Antonio Spurs between 1999 and 2014. Oh, that's easy. Uh, Tim, Tim Duncan. All right, there it is. That's one. He was, he was blanking in his mind a little bit there. Yeah, I'm going to give him go. the benefit of the doubt. All right, here we go. Question number All two. Right. Yes, your medium question is this. Which two franchises, I need both, which two franchises did Steve Kerr win titles with as an NBA player. Uh, got you. You got me on that one. Phoenix Suns. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the other team. You got me. You got to have the Bulls. Well, Phoenix Suns is incorrect. <laughs> you gotta, you yeah. don't come up the, with the, the Bulls. Bulls. How do you not come up with the Bulls with Steve Kerr? <laughs> He hit the shot. Yeah, the come on, the, from, from, from Chicago? <laughs> from Chicago? I don't know. <laughs> Might have to pull this card. Okay. Laverne gave it a go. Didn't work out for him. Let's go to Peter in California. Peter, you're on with three chances at Hembo. Hembo, go. Peter, your easy question is this, my friend. What was the last team to sweep the NBA Finals? No. Whoa. Got to dump him there. Gotta, okay. Got to be careful. Yeah, come on, Peter. <laughs> come on, Peter. All right. We have to keep it pushing. Let's go to Cameron in Atlanta. Cameron, you're on for three chances at Hembo. Hembo, have at it. Cameron, here is your easy question. Which player, which player won finals MVP with the Spurs in the year 2014 and with the Raptors in 2019? <laughs> Uh. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. There, all right. there it is. Okay. There it is. All right, all Cameron. Right. All right, you're moving along. Round number two, question number two. Hembo hit him. Cameron, this iteration of the Warriors won its first title in 2015. My question for you is, which player won finals MVP that year? Finals MVP in 2015. Finals MVP in 2015 for the Golden State Warriors, you said? Mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala. There we go. All right, Cameron. All right, you're moving on. This is it. Question number three. Hembo, Cameron, go. Your, your hard question is this. The first NBA Finals was played in the year 1947. Which team won the NBA Finals that season? George Mike and the Minnesota Lakers. Oh. oh, not a terrible guess. Not a bad guess. What a good guess. A good guess. The correct answer is the Philadelphia Warriors. They beat the Chicago Stags in five games. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Hembo knew. That's who. And that's three chances at Hembo NBA Finals Trivia Edition. And we haven't come up with a prize for it because, as Carlin said before, 
nobody's ever won it when it comes to Hembo's trivia questions. Hembo, we appreciate you, my friend. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning on Get Up. We'll catch up with you again soon on ESPN Radio. Never lost. Nah, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Coming up next, Nick Saban is at it again. He's got something to say at the SEC spring meetings, and we'll have the breakdown of what he had to say coming up next. You're listening to Candy Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Nick Saban is at it again, taking aim at NIL in the debate that's surrounding how these young college athletes are getting paid. But this time, he's tempering the comments that he made previously when he took shots at Jimbo Fisher and one Deion Sanders. Take a listen to what Nick Saban had to say at the SEC spring meetings down in Destin, Florida. I didn't say anybody did anything wrong, okay? And I've said everything I'm going to say about this. But I guess the point, and I should have never mentioned any individual institutions. I said that before. But, you know, some kind of uniform uh, name, image, and likeness, you know, standard um, that supports some kind of equitable uh, national competition, uh, I think is really, really important in college athletics and college football. I'm all for players making as much as they can make. Um, But I also think that, you know, we've got to have some uniform, transparent way to do that. Our players did extremely well last year in name, image, and likeness because they got agents, they had representation. I have no problem with Jimbo. I have no problem with Jimbo at all. Here's the thing. His biggest issue with this is that, believe it or not, the pockets at Alabama are not as deep as they are elsewhere. And it also, Texas A&M. Exactly. <laughs> and Texas has got that oil money. And if you don't think that makes a difference, it makes a huge difference. They are much deeper than they are at Alabama. And the other issue with it is this. The state law in Alabama, to my knowledge, is still that you cannot have boosters involved directly in an NIL collective. And that does take away a bit of a level playing field from the University of Alabama. So I don't think Nick was just talking to his own boosters when he made his comments. I think he was talking to his state legislature later uh, legislators. Like, we got to get this fixed because this is not going to work. Yeah, but what I would say to Nick Saban is that's a you problem. Yeah. Don't don't disparage NIL or talk about the landscape of college football. <laughs> but and every, say, every say college coach is worried yeah, about themselves. And say, and say it's not a fair and equitable playing field. You weren't worried about it being fair and equitable no. in the early 2010s when you were winning championships and dominating the BCS in the college football playoffs. You weren't worried about other schools being able to get five-star recruits at the rate that you were. You didn't care about that. You just cared that you were dominating when it came to recruiting, which allowed you to dominate on the field in the fall. And now you're facing an animal in Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies where they can recruit better than you. They had the number one class this year, and they beat you on the field last fall. 
Nick Saban is worried about his supremacy in the SEC because those other teams in the league are starting to catch up to him. So he's finding this to complain about. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Coming down the home stretch on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easily and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Big fella, we got to give a shout-out to all the guests that came on the show today to help us out. Of course, co-host of Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio, Alan Hahn, ahead of the two-on-two challenge. Him and Bart Scott taking on Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams from the KJM crew. Of course, we're going to be giving the play-by-play for that. Can't wait. I think Carlin and I might actually go on some IG Live to have some of that for you, so be on the lookout for that. Also, ESPN <laughs> NBA insider Brian Windhorse giving us the latest on the Zion Williamson situation that seems to be coming to a head in New Orleans, as well as what's going on with the Lakers and Russell Westbrook. ESPN NFL reporter Diana Rossini came and gave us the latest on the Aaron Donald situation, as well as her bizarre take on spaghetti and rigatoni at a cookout. I still disagree, even though Diana, in most situations, is the voice of reason. Yeah, but, and the other thing, too, is it, the jersey factor for me carries a lot of weight there. So I'm, Yeah, but still, but still, at a cookout, though, no. I, I know, it doesn't no, feel no, right. No, it's not right. It's it not right. Feel it's right. not right. It's not right. Here's the question I should have, the follow-up question I should have asked. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me give a shout-out okay. to Himbo. We got to shout-out Himbo, too. Ah, Content Himbo. producer for Get Up and Greedy. He came with three chances at Himbo, giving you... An opportunity to be able to win against him in trivia. Three questions. Surprisingly, nobody was able to get all three right. So shout out to Paul Himbakidis. If you missed any of it, go to the Canteen Carlin podcast. Download, rate, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. Back to Diana Rossini and the cookout table. The follow-up question I should have asked was, if it wasn't Sunday dinner, because that is a thing mm-hmm. in New Jersey and a Sunday dinner. It's a big thing. It's a thing. Uh, yes. If it I don't know if that's just New Jersey. I think that's everywhere. All right, but like you know the the you know with um, Italian uh, sauce and stuff like that, they call it Sunday sauce. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I'm talking about there. But if it wasn't for that, had it happened on a Saturday, would there be spaghetti? Would there be all that stuff again, or would it just be the cookout? If it wasn't the Sunday meal. Yeah, if it wasn't the Sunday, like if it's on Memorial Day, which a lot of people have cookouts on Memorial Day weekend, mm. like, it, it, are you going to have the pasta with sauce or are you just going to punt on that all together and just have the ribs, the chicken, the hamburgers, and the hot dogs? i tell you what, I do love spaghetti and meatballs. Um, spaghetti and meatballs is phenomenal, but it has its time and I, place, I know. big fella. I just I know. don't think it's at a cookout, especially on Memorial Day weekend. Now I just Memorial look- Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, 4th of July, not spaghetti and meat sauce, not rigatoni with meat sauce. It's not your day. It's not your day. Just like turkey has its day on Thanksgiving, it's uh, it, the rest of the year it's not turkey's day. Okay, spaghetti, meat sauce, all, 
Sunday, okay, cool. Sunday dinner, that's fine. On a cookout or Memorial Day weekend, it's not your day, spaghetti and meat sauce and rigatoni and the meatball. It's not your day. I, I would contend, though, that at one point in this whole discussion, you were more offended by the fact that it was turkey meat sauce as opposed to just straight meat sauce and and more offended by that than the fact that they were actually having it at a cookout. Well, it's ridiculous, though. If you're going to have a cookout with ribs, with yeah. links, with brats, with Italian sausages, oh, and why, are we healthy ma- option. why are we making an effort to be health conscious? <laughs> that makes no sense. It not only disgusted you, but it did disgust one Diana Rossini, too. Yeah, She was question. offended by that. Yeah, so it, so that's, that's universal. I would say this. If you're looking for the healthy option, stay home. Don't stay go to home. the cookout. Yeah. Don't go to the cookout. Or or if there happens or bring, to... Or bring your own food with you. Bring your yes. fun with you. But I don't even want to look at your healthy option. I don't want to look at your <laughs> vegan food. I, I'm going to ask you to go sit at another table. I don't want to look at it. I, edamame looks disgusting. I'm sorry, it does. Wow. Honest, no, no, wow. no, no. Wow. I'm eating something made of chickpeas. Wow, please. that is a strong That's take garbage. from Chris Carlin. Well, we got a first look at Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft for 2023. And the guy that's on top of the big board might surprise you. Mel has as many as five quarterbacks going in the first round. So it is the year of the quarterback once again, but that's not who the number one overall pick is. Mel Kuyper has as the number one overall pick, Alabama edge rusher Will Anderson Jr. for 2023's NFL draft. Carlin, your thoughts on Will Anderson Jr. being the number one overall pick a year from now? He's an incredible player. He's incredible. I mean, this is a guy that had 31 tackles for loss last year and 17 and a half sacks in only his second year, really, on the field at Alabama. I mean, I can't imagine. Listen, he's going to get a ton of attention this year. I mean, on the field in terms of double and triple teamed, I know. But I can't imagine uh, this guy not having another monster season, and I get it. I get it. This could be, Chris, the kind of – Pass rusher that is the once-in-the-generation type pass rusher. I don't want to throw around the name too much, but when you start seeing numbers like that, start thinking about Lawrence Taylor type player. Yeah, I love Will Anderson Jr.'s game. The only way he doesn't go number one, like Mel Kuyper said earlier on SportsCenter, it'll be because the team that has the number one overall pick has a need at quarterback. To round out the top five, he's got Bryce Young checking in with the second overall pick, C.J. Stroud third. Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, fourth, and the wide receiver from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba, fifth. So that is Mel Kuyper's top top five on his draft big board for 2023. Two Alabama, two Ohio State, one Georgia. Yeah, big surprise there. (laughs) Big surprise there. Also, not a big surprise, the 2022 NBA Finals MVP odds. And, Carlin, we've got Steph Curry checking in at plus 100, Jason Tatum at plus 180. I know you're putting your money on Steph Curry. Your thoughts on whether or not there's value at Tatum at plus 180? Yeah, there is. There definitely is. If if you are under the misconception that the Celtics are going to win the championship, yes, then there is value at plus 180. Wow, the misconception. You just don't even think Boston has a shot at this thing. Well, I could have used the word delusion. It would have been the same. Well, Big Perk feels like Boston could win it, but I guess he's a little he's bit a biased. Celtic. He's a little bit biased yeah. in that regard. So, yeah. no, I, I listen. I, I like Jason Tatum. I, I just don't know if I could put any scratch on him to win Finals MVP. Even money on Steph is good value. Even money on Steph. Okay, I can yeah. roll with that. All right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of good value, feels like our team at ESPN got some good value because we just signed New Orleans Pelicans 
guard C.J. McCollum to join as an NBA analyst. Of course, it's one of those deals. He's going to be on the NBA Finals coverage as well as periodically throughout the season. Love it. So good good on C.J. McCollum for signing up for that. He's got his own podcast, a future in radio and TV as well. But we're glad to have him on the ESPN team.